The leadership system of a Masonic Lodge is one of predictable and progressive steps. When a brother joins the officer line, we have a pretty good idea of who the leaders of the Lodge will be for the next five to seven years, but only if things run smoothly. And you know that if things can go wrong, they often will. But don't worry, this is not going to be a gloom and doom episode. I'm going to offer you some solutions as to how a progressive line can really work positively for your lodge. Stay with me. You have arrived at The Winding Stairs, a program dedicated to Masonic education and the art of self-improvement. I am your host, Juan Sepulveda, and I thank you for spending some time with me exploring the the benefits and the pitfalls of the progressive line of officers in masonry. I believe that this is an important episode for us to have, and for any brother who is currently in the officer line or has aspirations to one day join the leadership of their lodge. Before I get into the details, I want to say thank you to our supporters on Patreon, because their support makes programs like this possible. I'll share some details later with you about the perks that they get for being members of our Patreon campaign. More on that later. First, Let's start with how the progressive line of officers should work, if everything goes right. The progressive line is comprised of the worshipful master, the senior and junior wardens, senior and junior deacons, treasurer, secretary, and the stewards, at least in my jurisdiction. It may be a little bit different in yours. The bottom line is that you have seven to nine different officers that are arranged in a progressive line so that when one gets to the east and becomes the master of the lodge, the following year, the man that preceded him gets promoted and becomes the master of the lodge for the new year. So ideally, someone who starts as a steward, someone who starts as a junior steward, year after year, he'll be promoted from junior steward to senior steward to junior deacon to senior deacon to junior warden, senior warden, and finally, worshipful master. I said ideally, right? But you know, if there's room for errors, if there's room for problems to show up, they will show up. And among them, some are very minuscule, some are very severe. But among these errors or or these problems that you may encounter, let's say, for example, a brother gets a promotion and he has to move to a different town so he can no no longer come. If you were in that progressive line, now you've skipped a year, right? If you moved up and the the bottom line gets, gets filled up. It could be as severe as someone gets sick or someone leaves the fraternity. Anything can happen, right? And you can go from being just a steward one year Now you're almost going to be the master in a year or two. And that could be very daunting because the idea, the logic behind this progressive line is that as you spend a year in each one of these positions, you're learning everything that is required of that position. You're performing ritual. You're performing different tasks around the lodge. You're becoming an ambassador to your lodge whenever there are Uh, district events or things of that nature. So you are acquiring a a level of experience and you're acquiring a level of knowledge that is going to be incredibly useful once you make it all the way to the east. 
and become the master of the launch. So, you know, it doesn't always work that way. Sometimes things happen and people get shifted around, things move around, and, and it brings a little bit of a chaos. But I'm going to discuss a few things that we can do and we can keep in mind in order to avoid unnecessary chaos within the lodge. I often say, think about this whenever you're selecting who's going to be part of the officer line. Can you see that man in a couple of years as the master of the lodge? Do you see the potential in him? Would you be happy with that individual being at the helm of this, of this individual lodge? In my opinion, your, your answer needs to be a resounding, yeah, I have no doubt, convinced, get him in. If you have some sort of trepidation, you have some sort of reservation, I think it's important that you address those reservations before the individual gets into the line. The last thing you want to do is to vote someone into the officer line that you don't want to see at the helm of the, of the lodge. It becomes very complex, so to speak. So one of the biggest problems that I see is quorum. In order for you to be selective and only pick people that are going to be a great fit to be part of the leadership group in a lodge, you need to have enough members. And not everybody is a leader. Not everybody is interested in, in being an officer. So if you don't have a large enough membership, then your ability to be selective gets diminished. And you don't pick who you want, you pick who you can. Granted, that's not ideal. We have to make do with what we have, obviously, right? But it is a problem. If we are going to be selective and only pick brothers who are in our views and in the views of the lodge, capable to lead this lodge successful for an entire year, then we should have enough of a, of a, of a base from where to pick uh, these three gentlemen, they would be great. Who are we going to pick? But in most cases, it's like that childhood expression that we heard from our parents. You get what you get and you don't throw a fit. <laughs> now, in order to go to the root of this problem, we have to talk about membership issues. The reason why we don't have a large pool of, of members from where to pick the ones that we think are the best fit for the lodge leadership is because of membership issues. Now, some people, when they hear membership issues, they're thinking of recruitment. Oh, we are not recruiting enough people. And I argue that, that such is not the case. This is a, a more complex issue than it may seem at first glance. And I want to explain it in a, in a way that it's going to make sense uh, for you and everyone who listens to this. I came up with, the, with an acronym that is going to help us keep this in, in order, and it spells ajar. So the door is left ajar, and you have people coming in and leaving out, coming in and leaving out, okay? And ajar stands for awareness, joining, activating, and retaining. So the first thing is awareness. How do we make the community aware of the fact that we have a thriving lodge that has the potential of taking the good man from the community and making them better, right? So the problem of membership 
part of the problem is that is a lack of awareness. People don't see us out there. They don't know what we do. They're confused about what we do. And often enough, they have a ton of negative preconceived notions about what Freemasons are and what Freemasons do. So building an awareness for what we actually stand for, being out there in the community, allowing ourselves to be seen in action, getting people to know a Mason so that they can say, oh, no, I know a Mason and he's a great guy. That is a level of awareness that we want to achieve to address part of the problem of membership. The J starts for joining. In this case, would be the initiations. This is, are we putting enough people in to the organization in order to, to have a, a larger group? And of course, the more awareness there is about our existence and our role in society, the more initiations are going to happen. More men are going to join our ranks. The third letter is A for activation. Activation is what I describe as you have members who just come in and they go through the degrees and they learn stuff and they perhaps they just move on and go on to uh, either an dependent body or they don't participate in Lodge anymore. Something happens that we don't have them in our seats any longer. They have to be activated. And by activated, I mean they got to be involved in roles in the in the organization, in the Blue Lodge. I'm strictly talking about the Blue Lodge. We need to have these brothers active, being part of committees, finding out what are they good at? What do they do that they take pride in doing? Are they good with woodworking? Are they painters? Are they singers? Are they musicians? Like, what is it that if we give them something to do related to that strength that they have, that they're going to be active in the lodge. And lastly, retention. Making sure that we are providing what brethren come in here to do. The degrees, and I've, you've probably heard me say this before, the degrees are beautiful. I love the lessons of the degrees. I love how we're so privileged to be able to witness such a memorable experience and retain the knowledge that comes with it. But if, the, if all that brothers are getting is the degrees and a stated meeting, but we're not actually providing Masonic education that can be applied in real life, they may be dissatisfied. Perhaps it's the fellowship that they're missing out, that they're not being invited to events. But is that retention, understanding what they value and why some people leave the fraternity or become deactivated, because they're not fi finding that value in Lodge anymore. So you see, of course, this is a conversation that we'll have to have in a episode of its own because this problem of membership is something that we all have to work together and, and make sure that we have enough effort put into each one of these categories to make sure that we continue growing and becoming more strong as an organization. Another issue that stems from the first problem is repeat years. You have brothers that serve in the East and they have to serve for two and three years because perhaps they don't have someone who can replace them successfully. Or sometimes they become master of the lodge, they're out for a year or two, and then they have to come back and become masters of the lodge again. For whatever reason, the brothers that are coming behind him 
maybe don't have the time, the experience, the confidence to actually lead the lodge. So it, this may be a problem for some people because a year in the East is a lot of work. And if you have to recycle people and pull pull them through again to become the leader of the, of the lodge for another year, it may be uh, an undue stress on a brother that otherwise could be contributing in other areas of the fraternity. Another thing that, I, that I've noticed and I have brothers confide in me that happens in their progressive line is that once someone progresses through whatever many years it took to get to the East and they serve in the East, they disappear, right? This is often because of burnout. These are men who have been spending time in the fraternity day in and day out. And year after year, they've been working their tails off and finally make it to the East and are able to finish their year strong. And they need a break at that point. I don't blame them. But it should not be that they leave and never come back. You want to see these past masters in the lodge. Of course, we can benefit from the wisdom that they attained during those years going through the officer line. We definitely could use their advice, their support. They can help us see things in a different way whenever we're trying to lead. So we need those past masters there. And it, it, it's, uh, it's, it's unfortunate that many times they make it to the east and then they just go over the horizon. You don't see them anymore. <laughs> so what is one solution to this? Of course, it's almost like everything builds upon itself. If you have enough people in the lodge to help and support, it, it reminds me of that expression that many hands make light work. And here you're helping make sure that the lodge is thriving and it's growing and it's moving forward, but everybody is doing a little bit as opposed to having just a few uh, or a very small group of people doing everything and then ending up burned out. I don't know if I mentioned it. I have another episode where we talk about getting burnt out in masonry. If you haven't uh, checked that one out, I invite you to check it out. It's called Masonic Burnout. I think you're going to find it useful. If you're finding this episode useful, make sure to click a like in there and share it with someone else that you think could benefit from hearing this information. Thank you so much. If you're enjoying this episode, you will love our newly redesigned website, thewindingstairs.com, where you will find free access to our entire podcast catalog. By visiting thewindingstairs.com, you will also discover our growing collection of Freemasonry-inspired art. That's right. Bring elegant artwork featuring the profound symbols of masonry to your home, office, or lodge. You'll be happy to know that we've also expanded our apparel collection to include new, discreet designs in sizes up to 5XL. We can't wait for you to see them. Support our efforts to share Masonic education and inspiration by visiting thewindingstairs.com today. Thank you. Now, this is one that I have to address. This is the difficult one, leapfrogging. Leapfrogging is what I call whenever you have someone, let's say, for example, someone is going to move from junior warden to senior warden. But for whatever reason, the brothers believe that he's not ready to move to senior warden. It's understandable. Senior warden has a certain set of responsibilities. 
It has a certain set of requirements that are important. And if the brother preceding that, that position, the, if the brothers don't consider him to be ready or don't see him taking that extra step, someone may nominate or may say, oh, I think this other person will be a better candidate. Now, imagine that you're in that position that the brothers don't feel that you are ready to move on. How would you want that to be handled? Personally, if it was me in that, in that situation, if you didn't think that I was ready to move on to the next position, I would want to hear directly from you. Hey, brother, listen, I've been thinking about next year, the officer line, and for some reason, I can't see you in that seat. Like, am I mistaken? I, I think that this seat, perhaps you may need to spend another year doing this other thing. I think that this other brother, I think, could be a better candidate. Do you think we could work something out, right? But the last thing you want is for that individual to be blindsided. And there's so many reasons. Like, let's take the junior warden position, for example. Ideally, the senior deacon is the one that goes from senior deacon over to junior warden. Do you know the some of the responsibilities of the junior warden include the meals for every for every meeting? What happens if that senior deacon has barely been coming to lodge for whatever reason? It could be because of their job schedule. It could be because of health reasons or any given reason. Going from that difficult position to an, an even more difficult one that will require a, a number of more hours of work every single meeting to provide a meal for the brothers, that may be too much. And I don't blame the brothers in, in the lodge thinking, I don't think he's going to cut it. I don't think he's going to be able to be junior warden, right? I personally think that courage and courtesy here play an incredible part. You need to have the courage to be able to address that individual personally and say, hey, listen, brother, I've noticed you've been struggling to come to lodge. Um, I'm a little concerned. You think you're going to be able to move on to the south and become a, a junior warden? I perhaps think that this other brother could do a better job if you want to sit it out until you're job situation normalizes a little bit, don't you think? You can do that in a respectful manner without uh, without that brother feeling betrayed or that brother feeling attacked. Um, granted, there are some people that you can't, it doesn't matter who what you tell them or how you tell them, they're going to feel attacked anyway, but that's besides the point. The important thing here is that we are called to speak wise counsel to our brothers and doing so not necessarily in a public kind of way and... Um, blindside this brother, reaching out to him and saying, hey, here's what I think before there's this sidebar happening with other leaders of the lodge and things. I tell you this, I've seen this happen in at least three occasions. And you know what it does to the lodge? It creates the incredible ripples of this harmony because brothers feel betrayed Brothers feel like they are not valued. Other brothers feel like they are uh, being attacked. There's a whole bunch of reasons. There's a bunch of emotions that we don't need in Lodge when we need to work together in harmony. We need to work strong because this is not for the benefit of the individual. This is not just for the benefit of that brother that's moving to the junior warden or it's not for the benefit of anybody. It's for the benefit of the craft. And if we jeopardize the, the harmony of the Lodge, we make the subsequent years even more difficult because we've created this uh, this ripple that doesn't settle down instantly. This is something that continues to uh, to have distortions and ripples in the fraternity for quite a while. 
So leapfrogging can be very dangerous. I've seen the damage it does to a lodge. I discourage it, only do it whenever it's absolutely necessary and make sure that right people know and they're not blindsided by it. And now another thing that happens in progressive line and it's called, I call it, the my year syndrome. This is when a brother has been in the officer line year after year after year after year and they have these grand ideas of what they're gonna do in their year. Oh my God, when I'm in the East, brother, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that and I'm gonna stop this and I'm gonna change that and the other. All you have to do is talk to any past master who has gone this way before you and ask them, how much were you able to accomplish in your year? And listen attentively. And they say, of the things that you accomplished, how many of them remained and continue to be followed the following year and the year after that? And then listen attentively. <laughs> you won't be surprised to find that you have those grand plans, sometimes barely executed, if ever. And whenever they are, the next master comes on with their own grand plans. And they're going to put your plans aside and they're going to do whatever they want in their year. Now, granted, you've worked hard. You deserve to do uh, to offer the leadership that you want to offer and do the things in Lodge that you envision your Lodge having. But hear me out. Don't you think that it would be a more fruitful and sustainable thing for the entire line of officers to come together and have a three to seven year plan as opposed to a my year plan? Think about that. That way you can have even grander plans and you have the confidence that it's not going to be only during your year. This is an effort that is going to continue to yield uh, results as the years go by in subsequent leadership generations. You know it, good big plans take a long time. And we do the logic at this service if we think that we can just fly solo and make the changes happen only on our own. So this is a great opportunity for us to come together as a team in harmony and put to work that lesson of who can best work and best agree. Now, I would love to hear from you. Is your lodge officer line functioning optimally? What problems have you seen in the line of officers in the past? And what would you do to correct it? Please go to the comment section in this episode and let me know because I want to hear the stories from you. And if you're going through some trouble that you don't have a solution for, I would love for our community here at The Winding Stairs to help you perhaps overcome them. I can't wait to hear what you have to say. I want to take a moment to say thank you to all the brothers have head over to thewindingstairs.com where you can find a selection of Masonic art, Masonic apparel, and regalia. If you haven't checked it out recently, I invite you to do so. We have a brand new website optimized for your enjoyment and to provide the kind of products that you want to see, the things you want to have. And know that whenever you buy from it, you're supporting shows like this. You're allowing us to bring the quality of this production even higher. So will you check it out and you help us? Thank you. Also, I want to say thank you to our supporters on Patreon who have been super awesome at providing feedback whenever we're putting together content. They're offering ideas of new topics that we can cover. They help us in the design of the upcoming episode covers. They can see behind the scenes footage of how we do things here at The Winding Stairs and on our sister channel, The Gentleman's Brotherhood. So I encourage you, if you like what we do 
and you want to support us, become one of our exclusive members by going to patreon.com slash Juan Sepulveda and join one of the tiers and unlock the benefits that come with each one of them. And finally, you can also help us by sharing this with someone that you think is going to get value. You think this episode is one that the brothers from your lot should listen to or that the brothers in your district need to listen to? I think that there's value in it, so I encourage you to share this in your Lodge's website or Facebook page or any other social media that you think will reach your brothers. And for that, thank you. I hope you found this to be a fruitful conversation. As always, thank you so much for being a part of it. And until next time, may your steps be firm and your path illuminated as we continue our journey up the winding stairs. Mm -hmm.